1: Adoption, that unique act of making someone your own. Let's talk about that next. Adoption. An amazing process whereby parents take on children and make them their own, give them their own name. And indeed, that is what you and I have experienced from the God of this universe. He's given us his name, and thereby we have the spirit of adoption. The Apostle Paul talks about that in Romans chapter 8, verses 12 and 17 specifically. And today, here on Times of Refreshing, we'll do the same. Won't you join us? From the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California, we would invite you to join us for this Thursday edition of Times of Refreshing. Here now is Pastor Napoleon Kaufman.
2: He says in verse 13, for if you live according to the Spirit, you will die. But if by the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body or your old sinful nature, he says you will live. So this tells me there is an internal struggle that daily I have to deny the old Napoleon Kaufman and allow the Spirit of God to lead me. And that means in every area. A lot of times we're thinking that it's just a sin issue. Did you know that your perspective could be fleshly? Or the way that you process information could be fleshly? The way in which you communicate can be fleshly. Can I have an amen? The way that we... You know, relate to people can be fleshly. Some people are fear-based. Everything they see, it's like God sending the children of Israel out to look at the land. And ten come back, say one thing, and two come back, they have a different perspective. But everybody saw the same thing. But what happens is... The goal is to to, to not allow our flesh to get a hold of us, but to to get the Holy Spirit to do such a work in us that we're seeing through God's view and perspective, not just our own. So he says here, but if we, he says in verse 13, but if by the Spirit you put to, to death the deeds of the body, perspective, everything, he says you'll live. And then he says this in verse 14. He says, for as many as are led, somebody say led. That means if God is asking you to be led by him, then you really don't know where you're going. So you need God to tell you where to go so you can get to where you want to go. He says these kinds of people that are led by the Spirit of God, he says these are the sons of God. So built into sonship is this aspect of submission and yielding to him that all of us are going to have to grasp if we're really going to walk with God. Because you and I don't know where we're going. God has to tell us. But built into sonship. Is this aspect of us yielding to God. Because you and I don't really know where we're going. These kind of people are the people. That the Bible says are the true sons of God. See. Knowing everything isn't a sign of of sonship. Submitting to God who knows everything and and being willing to be led by God, this is a sign of sonship. It's a sign of maturity when we get up and we start to say, God, I need you to lead me today. I don't know where I'm going today. What you got on the agenda for me today? I thought I knew I was going. I messed it up five times. Why don't you tell me where to go? And this is a sign that, you know what, not that I'm just a Christian, but I'm truly becoming what? A son of God. A child of God. And see, but what happens is a lot of times, a lot of times what we do is, is we relate to God and we, we try to look at it in terms of how we relate in the natural to our parents. There is a praying time when you have to get up with your parents and it's time for you to get out the house and they kick you out. Bam! They kick you out and you got to go out and do your own thing and run your own life. But you know what? You're, you're never going to be in a position where you don't need God. We have to be led by him. Amen. He says in verse 15. For you did not receive. Now here it is. The spirit of bondage again to fear. But you received the spirit of adoption. He says the spirit of adoption. He says the spirit of adoption. By whom we cry out Abba Father. So it's the Holy Spirit who is the spirit of adoption. It's through him that we get the revelation. It has to become revelation and not just informational. It becomes revelation on the inside of us because he says in verse 16, For the Spirit himself, capital S, bears witness with our spirit, lowercase s, my human spirit, that I am a child of God, that we are children of God. So knowing that God is my Father is a matter of revelation, not just information. Something has, the light has to go on within us. That God is my Father. That God is on my side. No matter what happens in life, that God is my Father. And He has has adopted me through my relationship with Jesus Christ. This word adoption is powerful. It says adoption in the new testament figur- figuratively meaning adoption sonship spoken of the state of those whom god through christ adopts as his sons and thus makes heirs heirs of his covenanted he says salvation so that means deliverance freedom from the world from the devil and then also from my old endemic nature. And this is a matter of covenant. Through me saying yes to Jesus Christ. I've entered into covenant. And now I have received the Holy Spirit. Who is the spirit of adoption. He brings revelation within me. That you know what? You are a son of God. You are a child of God. But then it takes it a step further. As I look at the definition of this word. It says Paul in these passages. Is alluding to a Greek and Roman custom rather than a Hebrew one. He said, since this Greek word was a technical term in Roman law for an act that had specific, now watch this, legal and social effects. And so legally, when the Holy Spirit came into your life, you were adopted. So in the kingdom of God, you are known as a child of God. It's not just an earthly thing. And this is it. stop trying to allow people to define who you are. What has God said about you concerning your identity? What does he say concerning your identity? He says you have been adopted. And this is a legal term. It's already written. It's already been established. There is no higher court than his court. I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what your friends say. I don't care what anybody has to say about who you are in God. If God has given you his Holy Spirit, you're willing to be led by His Spirit, the Bible says you have been adopted, and from a legal standpoint, from the highest court that has ever existed in the, in the, in, in the existence of existence. He says, You're a child of God. It says it's legal, but he says, and it says it had an had the specific legal and social effects. Now this is another step that we have to understand in terms of this. Because legally I know that I'm a son of God. I have the spirit of adoption. But now it says social effect. This means that there's something different about our nature, our character. The way in which we go about living our lives. Just not only in the storm but in the high time. Whatever it is, what happens is it should have a social effect on how you conduct your affairs in life. And how you live your life. I'm just going to tell y'all, there should be something different about us based on the relationship that we have with Jesus. Saints, don't apologize for that. It says, there is much probability that Paul had some reference to that in his use of the word. Adoption, when thus legally performed, and we see this through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, our willingness to accept it, repent of our sins, and walk with Christ. It has been legally performed for us. He says, put a man in every respect. Now watch this. In the position of a son by birth. By birth to him. Who had adopted him. So that he possessed the same rights. And owed the same obligations. Being a son... Or adopted involves the conformity of the child that has the life of God in him. To the image purposes and interest of God. And that spiritual family into which he is born. He says in eternity there will be a revelation by God. Which will indicate the measure of this conformity he says to God. So this is powerful when we think about it, saints. There's no way that we can truly, as Christians, live out the realities of this if, number one, we don't catch hold of the revelation. And then be willing to go through the process whereby God detoxes us from our old way of thinking Way of living, so that now we're truly conforming. Because you know what, I have been born into a new family, and God ultimately, He is now my Father. Do we really see that, man? God is my Father, man. God is my Father. When it's all said and done, I'm a child of God. God is my Father. Do we we really? And are we positioning ourselves before God? We're saying, God, give me more of this revelation. That, that that you are that you're my father. The Holy Spirit has come into our lives to convince us of that, not here. Because you're gonna battle in your mind, you're gonna fight in your mind. The devil's gonna tell you stuff that, that that's gonna try to bring confusion. But as sometime, sometimes something clicks, and in your, the depths of your knower. Because the Holy Spirit is bearing witness with your spirit. He didn't say with your mind. Because your mind can play tricks on you. But when you know down on the, in, the deep, in the depths of your spirit. Because God is in place and implanting the revelation through and by the Holy Spirit. Something in you clicks. And it causes all of us to live our lives a different way. To relate to people a different way. Whew, I just feel this right now. To, live our, to conduct it, the way in which we process information a different way. Because we know that at the end of the day, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Saints, we've got to get this revelation. And I think this is one of the main reasons why we have so much. And I'll just say it. We have so much of a purpose-driven mentality going on. Where everything's a grind just to find out what God's asking me to do. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? At some point in time, it's not, we realize, it's not just about what I'm called to do. Until I get this right. And what you're going to do is going to change. But does your state change? I'm a child of God. And as a child of God, if God wants me to sit down over here on the bench for a while and just chill out and hang out and do nothing, I can do that. If God wants me to travel all over the world and preach the gospel, do things. I could do that too. If God says, hey, I want you just to sit over here and, hey, you just chill out with your wife, and I could do that. God would, whatever it is, because I'm not looking for those things to define who I am. I know who I am in God. So whether I'm working at a church, whether I'm working at Chevron, or where I'm working for the Raiders, where I'm working for In-N-Out, if I'm working wherever, that's not defining me. Because what defines me is what I find here in Romans chapter 8. That when it's all said and done, I'm a child of God. Well, Christianity has become so much like American Idol. Who's going to be the next star? Who's going to blow up? And we have people in the church competing to see who's going to do the most. And, whoa, I can do it. And we want the lights and the camera and the action and and all the stuff. And we think church is about that. But saints, at some point in time, we stop and we just say, man, you know, what is it all? You know, at the end of the day, his spirit is bearing witness with my spirit that I'm just a child of God. Now, out of that, I'm going to do a lot of things. And and, and I may do things for a season. I may not do things for a season. I don't know. At some point in time, it doesn't really... That's not the focus. The focus is, are you being led by God? Because whomsoever is led by God, these are the children of God. And if you have God's spirit, then you have the spirit of adoption. And your heart should cry out, Abba, Father. Saints, I've had the privilege of preaching all over the planet. And it's sad to sit down because... A lot of times, it's unfortunate that I honestly believe that the church is having an identity crisis. The church. The bride of Christ is having an identity crisis. I don't care what anybody says. It's an identity crisis. Because we think that we've got to be like the latest, greatest, who, that, what, do what, who's And get involved. And if you, man, you got to grind, man. you got to grind. God's saying, look. Well, can you just sit here and enjoy me and realize who you are in me? We're searching for identity instead of receiving what he's done through the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. He says in verse 16, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now watch this. And if children, then heirs. He says, then heirs. He says, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him He says that we may also be glorified together. This word here in the Greek, an heir, is a person who has received an inheritance that's been divided to them by lot. Okay, and so when it comes to our relationship with God, when it comes to us getting the revelation that I have been adopted and realized that God didn't just stop there and say you're adopted. He said for every single person in this room, if you're a child of God, then you're an heir and there is an inheritance that God is distributing to you by lot. According to your assignment, God will give the provision for everything that you need to get whatever it is done that He wants you to get done as you are a child of God. Can I have an amen? This is the mindset that God has. And realize that we are heirs. He says, join heirs with Christ. He says, if indeed that we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. Understand that Christianity, there is a suffering aspect of Christianity that we all have to embrace. And it's tied to us breaking away from the old so that we can embrace the new in God. And sometimes that's painful when, you're, when, you're, when you want to do things the way you used to, but God's saying you can't do them anymore that way because you're not that person anymore because I gave you my spirit and I'm teaching you that you are a son or a daughter of God. Sometimes it's hard to let stuff go, and it's painful, and you have to go through the process. But God says that if we're willing to suffer with Him, He says this stuff is, a, is available to us, and it will also turn to us being eventually glorified together. Since everything in terms of you accomplishing anything that you need, realize that you're an heir of God, and God... He will distribute according to lot, my lot, whenever is necessary. I will go to the grave trusting God in that matter. Because I didn't call myself, God called me. You didn't come to God, God came to you. You didn't write this, He wrote this. You didn't say it, He said it. And if He said it, we could take it to the bank. Can I have an amen? Now watch this, saints. Go to Proverbs chapter 30 and I want you to see this. In relations to, to what I'm talking about. Because this word in, in heir. It means to, to possess an inheritance divided by lot. And I've shared this before years ago. But this passage of scripture has always been a blessing to me. In life. It says here in verse 8. It says in verse 7. Let's look in verse 7. He says two things I request of you. Deprive me not before I die. He says remove falsehood and lies far from me. He says give me neither poverty nor riches. He says feed me with the food. Then he says allotted to me. Allotted to me. And an heir is a person who has received something by inheritance. But he says as a result of inheritance by lot. So God specifically has an allotment for every person under the sound of my voice to do whatever it is that God has assigned for you to do on the planet. Think about this. This is what the Word of God is saying. He says, give to me that which is allotted to me. He says, feed me with the food allotted to me. Then he says in verse 9, lest I be fool and deny you. And say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. And so it is clear from the the, the the writer of Proverbs here. That his position was, I want what God has allotted to me. Nothing more, nothing less, what he's allotted to me. And thank God through Jesus Christ... Because you have become an heir and have received the spirit of adoption, everything that you need is tied to that truth. Now, understand, how God supplies that need is not your business. It's His business. And I'm not talking about just from a monetary standpoint. I'm talking about every area of your life. If you need more spiritual strength... God's got that for you. If you need more joy, there's an allotment for you. If you need more peace, everything you need through the Holy Ghost, God has a... Can I have an amen in here? But this is the... But we never tap into that as a Christian if we don't stop and say, it's got to start though with me realizing that I'm a son. And if I'm a son, then I'm an heir. And if I'm an heir, that means that I have an allotment. And if I have an allotment... That means that God is going to supply it. And if, if, I, if, can I have an amen? If I have an alarm, then, then this is what happens. And, you, and then we begin to really live out Christianity. But it starts with sonship. Go to Galatians chapter 4. Look at verse 4. It says here, in verse 1, excuse me. It says, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. Though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Even so, we, when we were children, meaning before we know Christ or develop in our relationship, he says, we're in bondage under the elements of the world. Before Christ came. Before Christ came. He says here in verse 4, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, the law of Moses, to redeem those who are under the law. But that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, He says, Abba, Father. So now this, once again, is not a matter of our mind. It's a matter of our heart. And it's a matter of our spirit. It's an internal thing. And he says here in verse 7, Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God, he says, "through, through Christ. I want to read this again. And I hope everyone understands what I'm saying to me and everyone in this room. Saints, therefore, you are no longer a slave. Jesus did not die on the cross just so he can put you to work. Now, he may put you to work. Praise God. But Jesus... Did not die on the cross just so he could have another slave. Think about this. Because in Christianity, a lot of times, we equate relationship with God to what we're going to do for God. He says, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, he says, you're an heir of God through Christ. If I'm a son, then I have something allotted to me. And if I have something allotted to me, then God's going to provide my allotment. As he sees fit to provide it when he needs to provide it. And every single person under the sound of my voice, I just want to let you guys know. As a Christian, it's time for us to get rid of this identity crisis that the church is going through. Saints, come out of it. Snap out of it. Don't measure yourself by what somebody else is doing for the kingdom. Measure yourself by what God is asking you to do when he asks you to do it.
1: Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of the Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net.